Welcome to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Smith, Certified Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Practitioner. I'm here to deliver you weekly episodes where you will hear conversations with health experts and solo episodes about functional medicine and all things holistic health. My goal is to provide you with the knowledge and tools you need in order to help you rise to your healthiest, happiest self. Welcome to the Natural Health Rising podcast. Today, I am recording from Bansko, Bulgaria. And as some of you know, I am living and working nomadically right now. And I just got to Bulgaria. This is my first time I've ever been here. I got here last week and it is absolutely gorgeous. It is really quiet right now since it's more of the slow season, but I'm really enjoying it because of that peace and quiet. There's fresh mountain air. There's a view of beautiful mountains all around me, and my place has a patio that's facing east, so I get to wake up every day and sit outside with my breakfast and my journal and get my 10 to 15 minutes or more of of morning sunlight, getting that exposure to my eyes and my skin, which if you've been listening to my podcast for long enough, you'll know that that morning sunlight exposure to the skin and the eyes is a vital piece of having good sleep, a healthy circadian rhythm, good mood, and also healthy hormones. And speaking of hormones, this is what this episode is going to be all about today. And if you are more specifically a menstruating woman, you're going to love this so much because my guest and I are going to dive into a lot of the common signs of hormonal imbalances, also the reasons that women develop these, and of course, what do you do about these hormonal imbalances, and ways to understand your menstrual cycle, because unfortunately, we are not taught anything about our our real menstrual cycle and how that all works. We're not taught that in school ever. So we're going to educate you on that today and how to also work with your cycle instead of against it. This is something that's called cycle syncing. And if you don't know what cycle syncing is and you're not using cycle syncing in your life and you're a menstruating woman, then I can almost guarantee that you're working against your cycle and could be making your periods and your experience throughout the month a lot worse because you don't have this information. So you really need this information and to also start cycle syncing to have a easeful, more easeful period and a better cycle throughout the month. And we're also going to get into birth control. So what does birth control do to the body? How do we come off of it if necessary? And what are different ways that you can prevent pregnancy without using harmful pills or devices. And I'm going to stop there. I'm going to let you guys hear the rest of it because we talk about so much more. This episode is really packed with a ton of value for women specifically. Before I introduce my guest, I want to quickly share a review from Apple Podcast. And this is from KJ. And this person said, Rachel does a great job reviewing topics that people can relate to and offer ways to lead healthier lives. I learned so much listening to her podcasts. 
great guests on the episodes with so much knowledge to share. So thank you so much, whoever KJ is. And I'm going to encourage you to pause right here for a moment and leave a review and a rating on whatever platform you're listening to, because the more ratings, the more reviews, if you're enjoying this, the more likely other people are going to hear this information who are searching for uh, health and wellness podcasts. I also want to quickly read a testimonial of a past client. And I want to share these on here because I think it's important for people to hear the benefits of holistic health and functional medicine and the possibilities that are out there. So my past client, Shelly, said, taking control of your health and autoimmune issues can be such an overwhelming experience. It can be difficult to know where to start. And that's why it's so important to have the correct tools and support system to guide you during the process. I researched a few different FDNPs before deciding to go with Rachel Smith, and I couldn't be happier with my decision. I could tell from the beginning her program was designed differently. She is genuine, compassionate, super responsive, and very thorough with her food lists, meal plans, and sessions. By week three of following Rachel's plan, I felt 75% better. I've learned so much about autoimmune triggers, how to accurately read food labels, things about gut health, food prep, food shopping, and healthy food replacements. I've been telling all my friends and family how wonderful this program has been, and I would recommend Rachel's plan to anyone who is looking to decrease inflammation and live a healthier lifestyle free of autoimmune issues. And that was from my client, Shelly Puchalski from Maryland. Now I'm going to introduce my guest and we'll jump into the show. So on today's episode, I have Dinara Mook with me. Dinara is a certified women's health coach, TEDx speaker, and the host of Feel Better, Be Better podcast. She helps women restore hormonal balance naturally through nourishment and lifestyle changes and reconnect with their menstrual cycles so that they can look and feel great. Welcome to the show, Dinara. Hello, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I would love to jump into your story to start off. And I know that you've experienced your own past issues with your health and your hormones. Can you share a bit about what that was like with the past hormonal issues and where you are now with both your health as well as how you help other women with theirs? Yeah, love that question. So I, my hormonal journey sort of began in my early 20s. I used to have very painful periods to the point that I had to call an ambulance a couple of times. And every single time that they would arrive, they would sort of give me the same answer. They'd be like, well, this is just your period. Here's some painkillers. And I'm like, it can't just be that. But they're like, yeah, if you want to make it better, you basically go to your doctors and then resolve it from there on. So that's what I did. And then going to the doctors, I sort of very brisk visit in and out and I came out with a birth control pill and the birth control pill didn't work for me in short it didn't agree with my body it didn't agree with what I was it didn't agree with by essentially I just started to have a lot of symptoms I went in to reduce the pain but the pain still remained my period still it was less heavy but now I developed anxiety I started to gain weight very rapidly and my mood 
it was just, I just didn't feel like myself. And it was actually, it took a, a good friend to point it out, be like, I think this is not working for you. So I ended up coming off of birth control. The pain returned and I was like, well, I'm going to have to resolve it, resolve it on my own. And from there, I lived with it for a few years until I couldn't anymore. It was disrupt not only the period itself, but the PMS symptoms week leading up to it would just make my life a nightmare. I was irritable, moody, angry. It was ruining my relationships. And I was just not liking the person that I was becoming sort of for that third of the month. And that's when I was like, all right, this, I need to take, I need to take care of it. And then a friend recommended that it could be hormonal. Maybe you should look into menstrual cycles. And up until that point, I sort of didn't want to talk about my periods, kind of didn't really want to, it, period is just not a conversation that I've ever had with anybody about anything. So as I learned um, that my menstrual cycle is actually so much more than my period and that I have these fluctuating hormones that quite literally affect the way my mood shows up, the way my appetite fluctuates, my energy. And so by learning to work with the fluctuating hormones of my body, basically it was like, magic. I felt like I discovered the secret to the universe because over <laughs> a very short period of time, the inflammation in my body came off, the weight loss just sort of became, my body just went to normal, healthy weight. And popular to what I was believing at the time, I was actually eating more and I was working. Mm. It was, it was just, I was moving less. And it's all, all of these things that whereas women taught to do, it was the opposite of it that actually was uh, managed to fix my body. And that's uh -huh. when I was like, I need to and it's some women more about it. So as I started to speak with other women in my life, I've realized that there's a huge gap of just how little we understand our bodies. And that's when I was like, all right, I love health and wellness. If this isn't the sign to go out there and try to help more women, then I don't know what is. So I ended up getting certified as a coach. And then I started speaking on stages. I've done my own TED talk and trying to bring this awareness of the menstrual cycle of the fluctuating hormones and just trying to help women truly empower themselves around their bodies. That's amazing. And your story is, I think, very important. I love that you can share this with women now because it's it's very common. And yeah. even I can relate to that. I'm listening and I'm, I'm nodding my head at every part of your story because I had a very similar experience with my mm -hmm. hormones. And I remember um, I had uh, took myself to the hospital one time and I had a cyst rupture. And that was painful. And then I did the whole thing, like you said, eating less, fasting all the time, lost my period for two years. Oh, wow. Birth control pills messed me up beyond belief. I was like a crazy person when I was on those, did not like those, sent me to the, uh, to the hospital a few times. And then eventually discovered, oh, this, there's this thing called your, your cycle that you should actually pay attention to and understand. And once I started to implement things like cycle syncing, which we'll talk about today and different nutrition changes and exercise changes. And I was able to also rebalance and get rid of all of those symptoms that many women deal with. Yeah. Yeah. So what I, I would love to hear from you is what are, we, we both just shared a little bit, but what are other common signs of hormonal imbalances that you see with your clients? 
Yeah. And I think one of the things that we don't talk about is PMS is so common, but yet we sort of made a joke out of it. We sort of, mm -hmm. the one that I, that I like the most is please meet Satan. <laughs> PMS. <that's laughs> and there's just so many different things, but actually for women going through these experiences, it is very real. And truly we go through it for 40 years out of our life on a daily basis. And yes, we might be pregnant for, you know, two or three years, the most out of that. But other than that, we just sort of experience over 450 periods in our life. Life, meaning 450 weeks leading up to it, just struggling with feeling like we're crazy. And there is another thing that not often mentioned is that there's over 150 symptoms of PMS. So to answer your questions, the symptoms vary of hormone imbalances, but some of the most obvious that women might experience is things like painful or irregular periods, things like losing their periods, just like in your example of fasting and not getting enough nutrition and probably getting what's called hypothalamic amino things mm -hmm. like um, mood swings, things like fatigue, inability to lose weight, constantly starving yourself, but not losing a single, a single pound. That just means there's some sort of weight loss resistance usually linked to hormones. Um, things like bloating, digestive issues, and hair loss, hair thinning, acne, all of those things that we often sort of brush off almost as experience of being a woman where actually we weren't designed by default that 50% of the population is meant to be living in this discomfort or pain. So if you're experiencing discomfort, pain, especially around your period and PMS, it is a red flag from your body to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. What are some of the main reasons or what some people would call root causes of why women develop these hormone imbalances? Yeah, I love that. There is um, sort of, there's so, I'm going to, I'm going to answer this question this way. So there is a lot of environmental factors. There's certainly things like our diet, a lot of stress, lack of sleep, this sort of notion that we able to get by on, I don't know, six, five, six hours of sleep. Those things affect creating inflammation in our bodies. I want to take a moment to tell you about a product that has truly made a difference in my own life and is a staple I use in my daily routine, raw optics glasses. If you're like me and you spend a significant amount of time in front of screens during the day, or you struggle with getting quality sleep at night, then you'll wanna pay attention to this. Raw Optics offers a range of premium glasses designed to protect your eyes from harmful effects of artificial blue light and improve your sleep quality. If you have any blue light blocking glasses now and they are not darkly tinted yellow color for the daytime or more of a dark amber color for nighttime, trust me, they are not working. I only trust raw optics glasses for my blue light protection. And these glasses are not only stylish and comfortable, but they're also backed by science. I've personally been using raw optics glasses for years both during the daytime while working on screens and at night to help improve my sleep patterns. The difference has been remarkable. Not only do these glasses help reduce eye strain and fatigue, but they've also positively impacted the quality of my sleep. What's even better is that as a listener of the Natural Health Rising podcast, you're entitled to an exclusive 15% discount on any raw optics glasses. All you have to do is use the discount code NATURALHEALTHRISING, which is all one word, 
during checkout on their website, which is rawoptics.com. R-A-O-P-T-I-C-S.com. Invest in your eye health and sleep quality today by visiting rawoptics.com and don't forget to use the discount code NATURALHEALTHRISING to save 15% on your purchase. But I think one of the big ones is actually for women specifically, we've never been taught how our body functions. If I go back to the sex ed in my school, the things that I've sort of been taught is we were shown banana and a condom and how to use those. And then we were told to try and not get pregnant. And then we've been given this big spiel about the sort of pads that we can use. I remember we had this always pad commercial where you cut it and you see the blue gel coming out of it. So if you were to ask me a few years ago to tell you the sort of pad that you should be using, I could have gone to any supermarket and showed you exactly which would do what. But if you would have asked me what my cycle does, what happens to my hormones, what what is the normal period and normal cycle looks like, I wouldn't be able to answer that question. And I think it's this massive gap in knowledge in how the female body works and just how much we change over the course of our menstrual cycle. And I think it's so interesting when I, when we look at men and women, like men's hormones also fluctuate, but they fluctuate on a 24 hour basis. So for men, every single day of the, of, of the year, let's say 365 days, they wake up with a similar hormonal fluctuations they feel the same and they meant to, they always, we always advise to follow a particular diet, follow a particular exercise, have an extensive morning routine, cold plunges and all of those things. And quite frankly, they're, it's optimized for male body and it's very, it's very good for them. But what happens with women is our hormones fluctuate on a daily basis, quite literally from one day to the next, we're not the same hormonally speaking. We've got these hormones at play that, um, that change us from, from, from one day to the next. So waking up at the five o'clock in the morning and having a crazy morning routine, then putting yourself into the cold plunge and then dieting, maybe intermittent fasting and maybe over-exercising, it just doesn't work for us. So a lot of education and a lot of education and research was done on men for such a long time and it wasn't necessary that women were brought in as subjects i think until like 1990s which is crazy even the menopause medication at some point was studied on men which is just madness and obviously we don't really know how it affects the female the female body so it's this sort of lack of research lack of education that has caused so many of us go through this discomfort and never even question it and when we don't address a lot of these symptoms they don't tend to go away if anything they they get worse so we kind of struggle with it and we hear our mom struggle with it our aunt struggle with it so we sort of never really question those things so once we understand after i've done my ted talk i've got so many people being like oh my goodness this explains a lot of these things that have been happening and how i really need to take care of it and implementing a lot of lifestyle changes nutritional changes uh targeted supplementation with my clients they can just see how quickly their body changes and what it really means to feel good and balanced in your body mm-hmm I want to definitely dive a lot deeper into the menstrual cycle in a second, but you also told a story about how you weren't taught about the cycle and this is, this is everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I experienced the same thing. And like I said, probably not till a few years ago, really un- understood that. And every single woman that I work with, I've worked with hundreds of people. I have not had anyone ever say, oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. When I start pulling up the chart, 
and showing them the hormone fluctuations. No one has a single clue. And this is from women who are in their early 20s all the way to in their 40s. So this is clearly a major problem with lack of education. Why is this? Is is there a reason that we're really poorly educated around the menstrual cycle or it's like uncomfortable for people to talk about? I think patriarchy. <laughs> I think okay. patriarchy and specifically the world that we've set up and the patriarchy is not so much, it's not about men. It's just about the system that we sort of, we live in. And with, when it comes to patriarchy, it truly does affect our cycles in so many different ways. And specifically for a long time, there's a lot of, a lot of doctors have been men. So it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't normal to become a doctor as a woman until much later. And given that when men study the female body without truly having that lived experiences, it sort of resulted in the lack of research. It resulted in a lack of funding for a very long time in the lack of treatment strategies, um, number of healthcare professionals, but most importantly, education of us and our own bodies. And just having this sort of massive, like I'll give an example of, I had a client that came to me with really severe PMS symptoms. And what we've discovered by tracking her symptoms was that she has PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. And PMDD is sort of like PMS on crack. And it's when you, basically your body just doesn't react well to the hormonal fluctuations that happen in your body, obviously affecting your brain. And you basically become a completely different person for half of the month, specifically after ovulation. And for a long time the doctors tried to do sort of they wouldn't really give her any answer they just kind of like it's okay it's pms um she was offered at some point to go on ssr and antidepressants which could potentially help with that but she was it's sort of like walking blind not really understanding what's happening and up until today pmdd in order to diagnose it it's honest on the women to track this massive list of symptoms in order to really get to the bottom of it. So we don't have the research behind it to really understand what's what's happening and what's what's causing it. The same goes for conditions like polycystic ovary syndrome. September is in fact a PCOS awareness month. And it's just, there's 70% of women still actually undiagnosed with this conditions, just walking around, not sure why their periods are missing or why it's so irregular and having sort of excess facial hair growth maybe they're losing their hair without really knowing that they have they have these conditions and once again we don't really know there's drivers for pcos but we don't know the full picture of it the same goes for endometriosis and just for so many of female conditions we just don't have that research in order to be able to support women and for a very long time women have been treated as small men so sort of specifically i believe it was with heart attack medication that for women it was just given in a smaller doses because women are smaller so when it's completely like we just as fully bodied, the way we function is a little bit, is naturally a little bit different. So it's a lot of it come, came, comes down to this lack of education around our bodies and how it works because it was never treated as a priority per se. So I think one of the biggest things for women to take away from this and the things that have changed my life and so many of my clients is just start tracking your cycle. Mm. And it's such a small little habit, but it really can give you so much data. And at the end of the day, if the research 
approach, while it catches up, you still have to be able to function. And one of the best things that you can do is just have that data on your body. And you can do tracking your cycle a variety of ways. When I first began, I did it with good old fashioned pen and paper. And that first just to kind of understand when my cycle begins, when it ends, how long does it last? Is it regular? And then you can go a little bit deeper tracking your symptoms and trying to find the patterns of what actually happens. And usually your cycle will give you so much information as to actually what's happening, what's happening in your body. Mm -hmm. It's a really good tip because also a lot of women don't track their cycle. (laughs) And I like to use Clue specifically. That's, that's the app that I use. And also I have an aura ring. I've been wearing my aura ring for years and it it does, it it can test the, or uh, detect the temperature changes a little bit. And I can definitely see when I'm moving into uh, ovulation on my aura ring, which is pretty cool. Do you have any specific tools or apps that you like? Yeah, so there are variety. Clue is fantastic because what happens with Clue is, from from what I understand, a lot of the research that a lot of the information data that women put in there, it goes into research about women's health. So a lot of the stuff that you actually plug in goes to a good place rather than I know some apps tend to sell the data, but Clue is actually puts into research, which I really like. Um, and there's also apps. I forgot the name of it. Um, I'll have to come up with the name of it. Is um, when there's basically an app that predicts ovulation and gives you more predictory how long your cycle is. And there's apps that don't do it, that kind of just allow you to track it to input the information manually in order for you to be able to know what your cycle is. The problem with predictor apps sometimes that it can tell you your ovulation is happening. But if you're somebody that has PCOS or you have delayed um, ovulation or you've been stressed too much, then that might not be as accurate. And the reason that that's important for women is because if you're somebody that's trying to get pregnant or if someone is trying to prevent to getting pregnant, it is important when those sort of major fertility signs that occur. I track, I use my, I use a basal body temperature to track my, to track my fertility signs. So for women, there is three fertility signs that are quite obvious. Once you sort of once you begin to track your menstrual cycle, first start with just understanding how many days your cycle is, when does your period come, just sort of simply. And as you get to know, as you become a bit more body body literate, you can introduce fertility signs, especially if you're somebody that's planning on getting pregnant and growing your family. And there's fertility signs, basically three of them. Number one is basal body temperature. And just like you said, your aura ring detects the temperature. Typically our bodies from the menstrual cycle, from the time our period ends until ovulation, it's sort of the temperature stays a bit lower. And then our temperature jumps by about minimum a tenth of a degree when ovulation happens, which is what your aura ring does, or I do it manually with a basal body temperature. And I can just see it goes from, I use in, in, in Celsius, so it'll go from 36.1 to 36.7. So there's mm-hmm. just that dramatic jump. And that usually tells me that my body has ovulated. Or the second one is cervical mucus or cervical fluid. And for some women that might be a bit um, crazy, but it's that white discharge that we have in our panties throughout our cycle. It changes in consistency and it usually tells us where we at in the cycle. And then cervical position. Sometimes it goes lower or higher, but you really have to get in there to sort of like feel it. And I encourage women to get to know their body and really get in and touch and do and feel it. And if you are feeling a little bit, 
I don't know, maybe icky even at the idea of it. Um, but I would just get you to ask why. Why are we scared about our female bodies? But truly, we really need to understand this fertility science that'll give us so much data about how our body works. Okay, I have to I have to go into this a little bit more. So can you explain more of what those like how would a woman do that and what kind of changes are they looking for? Yeah, so the with a basal body temperature is sort of normal given that given that it is the body temperature you basically just put in the the monitor into your into your mouth or you have the ovulation with the cervical mucus. So basically, once you the the mechanism of cervical mucus, I'll explain that and I'll talk, kind of say why why it's important to track it. So the cervical mucus is when women ovulate, we only ovulate over the course of 24 hours, 48 hours in a very rare occasion if you sort of release another egg. But for the most part, it is very, um, for the most part, it is just 24 hours. But women's fertility windows, so basically the time where we're able to get pregnant is about five to six days. And what really keeps the sperm alive is the cervical mucus. So if you ever notice this white discharge that sort of looks like an egg white, when you stretch your fingers, it goes as far as two to three centimeters. That very cervical mucus, if you, you obviously won't do that, but when you zoom in on the microscope, you see the sperm basically gets caught up in it and sort of gets stuck mm. for as long as five days. So let's say you had an intercourse five days before your ovulation, let's say your period is on a Sunday, but you had intercourse on a Tuesday, there's that sort of pretty big days in gap, but this is your, you can still get pregnant, even if you had intercourse five days before, just because of the mechanism of how cervical mucus holds the sperm. So when you first, when your period ends, you're going to be a little bit drier. And as your estrogen rises, estrogen is the hormone that is incredibly important for our cycles. It's what makes us females. It's what makes our boobs grow, what makes our bum grow, but it also what keeps us, um, um, wet and it keeps us sort of wet over the course of first half of the cycle and when your cycle you need period ends you're going to be a bit drier and then the texture will start to change in more like creamy texture and a bit stretchier texture and when it's the most stretchy clear egg white some women have quite a bit of it when that comes out then that's your cervical mucus and i know because we don't know our body so many women go to the doctors and think that it's a it's a, some sort of sti because this is just mm-hmm. unusual discharge when actually what it is, it's just this, one of my friends, gynecologist told her, oh my gosh, your cervical mucus is so gorgeous. And I was just thought like, that is just so, so interesting, but it is just this, like, even when we hear those sort of things, we're like, this is just so weird, but actually it is, it just shows that you're a very healthy woman. And then after your ovulation, your cervical mucus will become very sort of milky, a thicker structure, and then it'll disappear again once we go into our period. But it sort of goes from this like milky, creamy, really stretchy and goes dries up again. That's the, the circulation of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad you, then, um, yeah. oh, go ahead, keep going. No, just the cervical position is just the cervix that's inside. When you are fertile, it will be, if you really go in there and if you put the fingers down, you'll feel it's kind of feels high and soft and open when you're fertile. And then when you're non-fertile, sort of closer to, I guess, closer to periods, the cervix will feel 
like the, the harder texture of it. It's kind of like the texture is kind of like the back of your throat. And if you'll feel that it's firmer, it's a bit more closed. And that's at the time where you like sort of prior to ovulation or after you ovulated. But you'll know when you're fertile because it'll feel more open and it'll also be higher. That's how you can recognize the cervix position of it. I think that's so beautiful. Like the body is literally, the body is literally like, Hey, I'm opening up to yes. make a baby right now. I'm, I'm going higher and softer and I'm, I'm opening versus that, that, uh, contrary of the harder, lower, like, it's like, no, we're not ready. We're not fertile right now. This is not yeah. a time to get pregnant. That's so beautiful. That's Thank why you. I love the cycles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. While we're okay. Well, I promise everybody will get to the cycle syncing stuff, but more, but, um, since we've been talking a little bit about pregnancy just now and fertility, because I also know a lot of women don't know that you can only get pregnant those say, like you said, five to six day window. So that opens up a conversation to birth control and different forms of contraceptive methods. In your opinion, what type of contraceptive methods do you suggest? Well, I think that particular answer to that question will be very individual to every woman, just depending on your lifestyle, the sort of things that you do. So there are hormonal birth controls, and then there is non-hormonal birth control. So hormonal birth control includes birth control pill, it includes IUD, patches, all of those things. The mechanism of it is they release small amount of hormones into our system, and those hormones either prevent us from ovulation, or they dry up that cervical mucus that we just talked about. So you are unable to, essentially, you're unable to, um, able to have a baby then there is non-hormonal options uh, which is one of the most common one if you don't want to ever worry about is the copper iud and copper iud is something that you insert in the copper essentially the toxicity of copper is essentially kills the sperm so you're unable to you're still able to ovulate but you're unable to get pregnant and those things because you sort of enter them externally into your body naturally will often have side effects and i think this is where kind of it gets a bit icky because we're so rarely educated on the side effects that really happen with our bodies specifically when we put synthetic version of hormones things like hormonal birth control some women are a poster child for it and it really works for them. And But in my experience, and perhaps it's the women that I see for the most part in my practice, is usually hormonal birth control tends to really disrupt their bodies. And often it's because it depletes your body of nutrients. Now you're getting a lot of these chemicals into your body that your gut and liver has to process. It just can mess completely with your brain. They're for messing with your mood, your focus, and so many, and so many other things. And then copper IUD, Yes, it might. Um, you might still be able. You'd still be able to ovulate, but there is a risk of things like copper toxicity, and then there is also a risk of very common side effects with uh, with the copper IUD is the heavy bleeding and a lot of pain that they that doctors usually say it'll go away within six, seven, eight months. But then you're like to live with it for six, seven, or eight months it just blows my mind. But those uh. are options. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Crazy. I've I've had client. I've never had an IUD. Thank goodness. But I've definitely had clients tell me about their experience, and it just sounds so so painful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know how you could live with that for seven months. And then the nutrient depletion. I I don't know what you see as from your side, but I I run a lot of labs on my clients who take birth control, 
or at least they're they're taking it when they come to me. And birth control is known to deplete coenzyme Q10 and lots of different B vitamins. And like you said, if it's a copper IUD, maybe that's leading to copper toxicity. And this stuff shows up on the tests. It shows up on you know their mitochondrial function, their their vitamins, how they're showing up with their mood as well, especially if it's copper toxicity. It is, yeah, it's it can be very detrimental to someone's health. So what what is your process if someone is wanting to get off of birth control? What happens when they try and come off? Yeah. So when you try to come off, depending on the sort of birth control you were in, because there's different there's different types as we discussed, and there's things like combined pills, so you have different hormones, and then there's things like just progestin only pills. So depending on the pill, the sort of speed of your body returning to normal will vary, and it'll actually vary from woman to a woman. It'll vary depending how long you've been in a birth control. So many women being placed on birth control from the moment they started their cycle, and now they want to get pregnant, like 15 years later, then they come off. So they really had a natural cycle so the body almost has to relearn how to have this communication between the brain and the ovaries so your body is able to ovulate because a lot of that commands come from hypothalamus pituitary gland so depending on the women for some women especially just a single hormone they can regain their their period and cycles within a few weeks i have client that came off of birth control and their period started to show off and ovulation takes a little bit longer within one cycle for other women it takes six to 12 months for other women for some women i've had some clients that it's taken up to 18 months to really ovulate and gain the normal sort of normal sort of function and given that these changes will happen. It's just important to know that your experience with it will be individual. There is really no two experiences that are the same, but the key things um, is balanced nutrition. As you said, a lot of nutrition de- depletion that you're seeing, a lot of um, a lot of affecting on gut and liver because this is a lot of synthetic hormones that both your gut and liver have to process out of their system. So a lot of replenishing those things. And one of the best ways I've known how how to replenish it is through balanced nutrition. So a lot of things like plenty of fibers, specifically leafy green vegetables, stuff like kale or cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli, all of those things have plenty of nutrients and plenty of fiber in order to, for excess hormones, essentially to catch up hold on to them and then bind to them and essentially exit out of their system. Things like good sources of protein and good sources of healthy fats because the amino acids and the fats is how your hormones essentially produce to help your body to ramp up that production. Um, Nuts, seeds, legumes, if you're able to handle those sort of things, those are brilliant both for your gut and your body to be able to restore quicker. The second one is the blood sugar regulation. So many women being on birth control develop insulin resistance Mm -hmm. or just problems with their insulin, which is not something that we ever taught. But if, for example, you have PCOS and then the number one solution to you as a solution to take you to kind of conventional treatment is to put you on the birth control. But if that birth control, sort of the most common PCOS driver is insulin, and then you're being placed on birth control that then drives that insulin resistance. So it can make things truly worse. So I would really look into just trying to understand the mechanisms of 
what happens. So once you come off of it, blood sugar regulation is important, which is basically having breakfast that has protein and having balanced meals. Things like the replenishing minerals that you mentioned, vitamin B, C, D, uh, selenium, exercise, just so we can sort of get, get the body going and reduce the inflammation. Um, targeted supplementation to sometimes women need to take prenatal vitamins. Folic acid is what gets depleted quite a bit when we are on birth control. And the big one is stress management is just kind of to understand that mm-hmm. um, if you are constantly stressed and inflamed, it'll affect insulin and so many so many other hormones. And another important thing to know is once you come off of it, that your body may ovulate. So just as long as you have some sort of precautionary measures for if you try not to get pregnant, maybe using condoms for a first little while as you get to know your cycle. And then I would usually introduce women to my favorite way of birth control, which is fertility awareness method and fertility awareness method essentially comes down to tracking those fertility signs that we talk about and really getting to understand what happens in your body so you feel like you're in control and that's how you come off of birth control thank you that was you just gave away all the tips rapid fire i loved it (laughs) (laughs) i'm really i'm really glad you mentioned blood sugar balance too i think that's something that so, so important, not only if you're trying to restore your hormone imbalances, but also to avoid the hormonal imbalances and prevent things like PCOS and other problems. And I love the the balanced meals, the protein. Another one of my favorite tips around that is eating your fibrous veggies and your protein before you eat your carbohydrates. It's so fascinating to me. There's all these studies that show that it, it greatly reduces the blood sugar spike if you just in the just in the order that you eat your food yeah yeah Definitely. it makes such a big difference and i think one of the things that people don't know is that blood sugar dysregulation is one of the main drivers of the pms symptoms so things like irritability mood swings bloating a lot of that usually comes down to dysregulated blood sugar and also when you get pregnant depending how bad your morning sickness gets also links directly to how elevated your blood sugar how elevated your blood sugar can be so blood sugar management is just so essential and so many so many people I mean, we live in the Western diet that filled with bread, pastas and convenience foods that doesn't, which it makes sense why it's such a big driver of things for women. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up about the PMS because if, so if we're in the second half of the cycle, the Mm -hmm. luteal phase, women become, or menstruating women become more insulin resistant, correct? Mm -hmm. During that last half of the cycle. Yeah. But then at the same time, women crave more carbohydrates. They tend to, right? In that in that last yeah. half of the cycle. So it's it's like blood sugar balance becomes really important during yeah. that last half and leading up to the period. Let's now let's dive into some of the cycle syncing tips. I just kind of shared a, a nugget, but can you start mm-hmm. talking about some things that women can change throughout the cycle uh, if they're menstruating? Yeah, well, let's kind of take a look at this menstrual cycle in general. So menstrual cycle on average for women, it's about 25 to 35 days considered normal. If it varies a little bit, it's um, it's also considered normal. There's variety of reasons that menstrual cycle varies in length. Often stress has a lot to do with it. And so it's sort of, um, but if you fall in within 25 to 35 days, that's normal. Your period shouldn't be longer than three to seven days. And you shouldn't be curled up, vomiting, diarrhea, 
uh, in massive pain, crazy mood swings. Those things are not normal. Some of the things that are normal is to start experiencing low energy and a little bit this not so high desire of being out and about, kind of get a little bit internal and just sort of come in from like the feeling a bit more wanting to spend time more on your own. I guess that's the best way to describe it. And as far as the period pain, it shouldn't take you out from your normal activities. In fact, you shouldn't experiencing any pain if your hormones are balanced. And if you experience something tiny, then you should not need medication, usually a water bottle or just time alone. Some raspberry leaf tea should suffice by calming inflammation and just feeling, feeling good. And then your entire cycle is the way that I like to describe it is in the context of seasons, because women are actually sort of like nature. We also have, we also go through four different seasons. We also have our winter, our spring, our summer, and our fall. And if we start with our winter, which is usually our menstrual phase, our menstrual, our period, and it's the time when you kind of, you're more internal, you don't really want to be out, it's really cold outside, so you kind of just want to be on your own at home next to a fire, and that's our menstrual cycle. At the time, we usually have the lowest amount of energy, because our hormones are, are an all-time low level, and after sort of two second, third date of menstrual cycle, we start having some of our hormones rise back up. And the next phase from winter, we're going to spring. And it usually quite literally for so many women feel like they're coming out of the woodworks. They have so much energy. And that's when you enter your follicular phase. And follicular phase is dominated by this hormone called estrogen. And estrogen is kind of like Beyonce of your hormones. It's like, <laughs> you want to be out, you want to be mm -hmm. seen, you have a lot of energy, you want to be out there. There's other hormones that that I'd play, but we'll just fix on that for simplicity reasons. And then you ovulate, which is your inner summer. And inner summer is when you are outgoing. It's also your fertility window. This is where sort of the the you get this nudge of this is the time to get prego so you want to be out there you might wear a bit more revealing dresses uh red lipstick is what i usually tend to put on just without even thinking i'm like oh ovulating you kind of just want to be seen and that's an ovulation is a a star of menstrual cycle because in order for ovulation to occur so many hormones have to work at a perfect moment in order for the egg to rupture and then you ovulate and from ovulation you enter into what's called the luteal phase which you've um, mentioned earlier and the luteal phase is kind of like going from your inner summer to your inner fall and a lot of people might feel that at the moment because when we're recording this it's september we there is this shift from like whoa super outgoing to like we're like okay it's time to like just start to pack up pull out warmer clothes and this is and this is when women usually go from super external to feeling a little bit more internal as we go into luteal phase and this is when our hormone progesterone that comes into play progesterone is kind of like Kirsten Stewart of hormones she's a bit it's <laughs> kind of like in a bit more quieter doesn't really talk to too many people and this is the time when the progesterone comes onto play and progesterone is a beautiful hormone that unfortunately so many women are deficient in because the health of progesterone depends on the health of ovulation progesterone and cortisol which is our stress hormone also derive derived from the same from the same place so if you're too stressed your progesterone will be affected but progesterone is the hormone that makes you feel calm cool and collected in the second half of the cycle which i think is the 
opposite of the reality for what happens to so many women. They usually usually feel very irritable, very bloated, and sort of on the edge. And that means that your progesterone levels probably need increasing. But that's what completes the luteal phase. And by the end of luteal phase, the hormones tend to drop, and that initiates the shedding of the uterine lining, which brings us back to a period, back to our winter. And this fluctuation happens on a weekly basis, but practically on a daily basis because hormones are not static. They just keep fluctuating. And the things that you mentioned about cycle syncing, essentially when we learn to sync our food because our body needs different nutritional needs, we have different movement needs, different lifestyle needs. When we sync those with each of our seasons, then we essentially balance those fluctuations and we bring our hormones back into balance. And that's when we feel confident, calm and balanced in our bodies. Hmm. I love the season analogy. Yeah, it makes it easy to draw in your minds. <laughs> yeah, and the Beyonce. I can't get that out of my head now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned that a lot of women have low progesterone, which I see to be so prevalent. Mm-hmm. And what's scary is that even younger and younger and younger women, I see having very low progesterone. And there's there's a variety of things you can do. You know, supplementally, you can use and this is not advice for anybody, but vitamin C, you know, 750 milligrams per day of vitamin C has been shown to help raise progesterone levels. You have progesterone drops, you have Vitex, you have all these different herbs and things you can use. Do you have any lifestyle, nutrition, or supplement recommendations if somebody knows that they have low progesterone? Well, you mentioned all of the great supplements, specifically things like Vitex, Barbarin can be good. I'm interrupting today's show to share information that will change the way you shop for supplements forever. We all know the convenience of picking up supplements from your local drugstore or even a large retailer. It's easy, it's quick, and it's seemingly affordable. But let's delve beneath the surface here. Did you know that many of these widely accessible supplements can harbor questionable ingredients? harmful additives, artificial fillers, and honestly, subpar quality. This is the unfortunate reality of a market driven by convenience and profits. That's why I stand firmly behind the Fullscript dispensary. This is a sanctuary of supplements handpicked by experts with a relentless commitment to purity and potency. When it comes to your well-being, compromising on quality is just not an option. Every supplement available through Fullscript is rigorously vetted, ensuring you receive only the best. This is actually the same dispensary I use for my personal supplements, and it's where I handpick supplements for all of my clients. As a listener of the Natural Health Rising podcast, when you create an account through my exclusive Fullscript dispensary, you get 15% discount on all supplements. So ditch the subpar supplements and embrace the professional grade quality supplements with Fullscript. To get started, simply go to the Fullscript link in the show notes and make your own account. The 15% savings on premium supplements will automatically be applied to all of your selections. And remember, it's always important to talk to a naturopathic doctor or a functional medicine practitioner like myself before starting any new supplements. But the the key one with 
progesterone and just to understanding it's always kind of getting to the root cause of it and understanding why it happens and the key one for progesterone you have to ovulate and i think some of the reasons that we see it in younger girls is because we've been placed on birth control so soon and when we're in birth control what usually what tends to happen the mechanisms of it is that it shuts down ovulation so when you don't ovulate you can't produce progesterone because progesterone is only produced upon ovulation so but the health of the follicle that will essentially grow and then ovulate and then that temporary gland follicle will transform is what's called corpus luteum that's what produces progesterone but the health of that depends on our follicles so it's just supporting your follicular essentially ovarian health and a lot of it is through nutrients like um, good sources of protein selenium magnesium all of those uh, vitamin b vitamin c all of those will help the follicles to be healthy and therefore produce sufficient amount of progesterone and the second big one is i've alluded to it already is stress just because because stress is essentially if you're too stressed your body will want to save you from danger from the body's standpoint then to try to make you have a baby which is really a brilliant system from evolution um but what it's not brilliant for is that modern day women lives in a world where unfortunately the notifications go off nonstop. the kids might be screaming the demands of life the people pleasing the boundary setting there's so many things that we have challenges with truly putting ourselves first and also this whole conditioning and socialization where women just can't really chill out until everybody else around us taken care of so those things put a pretty heavy burdens on us in general and when you overly stress and that's elevated your progesterone will get the priority will be to produce cortisol rather than progesterone which is how it gets depleted the most so the biggest lifestyle change is really stress management and some of my favorite ones is things like medit you have to kind of find what works for you and then do it non-stop but i do like meditation and for some people it's too much but this is like it's my holy grail um things like walking in nature hanging out with a girlfriend, laughing, mm -hmm. finding joy, building community because nobody who's lonely is like that just elevates so much cortisol and stress levels, finding, yeah, finding community, finding people. And then a big one from the supplementation standpoint, one of my favorite ones is magnesium glycinate because it's easily absorbed into your body. And I immediately, like if I ever get on edge, I can take 350 milligrams of that and I can just feel my body chill out because magnesium is the first mineral that gets depleted when we stress. So it's, um, it's one of the most essential ones, especially in the second half of the cycle. Oh, those are such good tips. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Where would somebody start in the very beginning? They've never done anything with cycle syncing. And there's a lot of moving pieces to that. There's a lot of things you can change with movement or nutrition or supplements where does someone start in the beginning so that they're not overwhelmed? Yeah. So I think the best thing would, like there's so many, basically download an app that helps you to track your cycle. And there's so many, maybe you have a health app on your phone, if you have an iPhone or this clue, as we mentioned. So just download one app and just plug in the first day of your period and start and then just 
sort of start getting curious your first day of your period. And then if you experience things like mood swings, bloating, every single app will allow you to enter some symptoms. So you can just put a plus, enter symptom and kind of just leave it there. In all honesty, it's such a great tool of getting to know your body. And it takes maybe grand total of one, two minutes a day, but it pays off massive dividends because it allows you to have this bigger picture of what's going on. And once you do it for a couple of cycles, you kind of start to get an idea of, okay, this is when my period happens. This is what happens cyclically. And then you can start introducing one or two foods that will meet per cycle. So for example, for menstrual phase, which is when our period happens, we typically, given that we have a period, we lose a lot of iron, we lose minerals. So things like seafood is fantastic during that time. Then in your inner spring, in your follicular phase, as your estrogen is rising, it's nicer to have things like fresh vegetables, sauteed veggies, sort of lighter protein. Then during your ovulatory phase, it's good to have raw foods, things like salads, cabbage, those sort of things. And then in your luteal phase is when you sort of craving more carbs, but at the same time, you want to stay healthy. Things like barley is really good or sweet potatoes, stews, things that are a bit more heavier in calories. And by adding this one food, two foods, and sort of starting to really listen to your body, that will be make a huge difference as it is initially. Okay. Mm. What about if a woman's bleeding? on her period, what is the least toxic thing that she can use between like cups, tampons, pads, period underwear, et cetera? Great, great question. So we are, toxic is important. The endocrine disruptors and the toxins, just the amount inflammation they create, how much they interrupt with our fertility is a big deal. So one of the things is like your vagina is meant to smell like a vagina. So <laughs> trying to make it smell like a lavender field is just makes no sense. Mm -hmm. So getting rid of, of the things that are smelly, that just like, if you put the, I think it was Courtney Kardashian, one of them started to promote things to make vagina smell like a rose of gardens. And it just makes no, no sense. Please don't buy into it because it's a terrible thing. Your vagina is such a, it's essentially a microbiome of variety of bacteria that needs to, uh, that needs to exist. So things like anything that's scented, stay away as much as possible. Um, tampons, overall, the best ones to obtain is for things like organic cotton, if you use tampons and um, period underwear, can be fantastic. I can't say I've had a great experience, but I haven't experimented with that many. But the things that I do enjoy is a menstrual cup, just because it's washable. It's not really, um, I usually get the, forgot the brand of it, organic one, but it's, um, and it's basically, it's easy to navigate, but it's, it can take a bit of, a bit of use to like truly getting used to putting it in there and make sure that it stays, but <laughs> yes. anything that smells inorganic. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh I like cups as well I've I've I try to talk to a lot of women about it and they're they're a little freaked out by them at first but yeah. I, I had the same experience it's like the first cycle it's eh, you know yeah. it's, it's a little, little challenging there might be some things going on there that you don't want to happen but you learn after that first cycle and then after that it's amazing really is and it's like it's just as magic i had my sister visiting and of course naturally i live by the beach and her period came the moment she arrived and i was like let's do the cup and she had it in her bag but she's like it just doesn't work for me and i'm like you just don't know how to use it so let me let me show you and it's been great ever since i think if she's another converted person awesome <laughs> <Not a> converted <laughs> <person. Oops. laughs> 
All right. Are you open to doing a really quick speed round? Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay. What is one supplement that you couldn't live without? Magnesium glycinate, particularly the Pure Encapsulations brand. I'm not sponsored, but if they want to sponsor <laughs> me, I'm in. <laughs> okay. I would say that's that's probably mine too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. I take magnesium every single night. Oh yeah. Amazing. It's just so great. Mm -hmm. uh, what are one to two of your favorite, most impactful books you've read? Um, um, I have one on my table actually. It's the period repair manual by Lara Bryden. She is uh, she's fantastic. And just the way she puts period education is just so simple to understand for any level of education. And she gives a lot of practical advice and a lot of lifestyle centered stuff. So I love, I love that one. Yeah. I think, is she the one that has the quote that says that your, your period is your body's report card for the month? Yeah. Health report card. Yeah. Yes. I love, I love that analogy. Mm -hmm. It just okay. makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. What is your favorite hobby? Um, Right now, probably swimming because I live by the water and it's honestly, there's nothing nicer than, than a swim, specifically when you go for a run in the heat and then you swim. I made a story about it on Instagram is that elated feeling of like that your body hitting the water and I can just relive it all day, every day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you could leave the listeners with one tip that they could implement this week to help them live a healthier, happier life, what would it be? Eat breakfast. I think it's such an important point that I've... I have a reel on my Instagram where I put in breakfast and there's just the comments are just hilarious because people feel so strongly about breakfast or not breakfast. But interestingly enough, so many men are putting in burning like it's nonsense. And I'm like, of course it's nonsense for men because for men, men's body is optimized to thrive on intermittent fasting and other those things but it's just so different for a female body but if you can start your day with breakfast specifically with protein rich be that yogurt with some flax seeds and maybe berries or eggs with avocados those are that's how you're going to set your energy up for the day your blood sugar up for the day and less pms symptoms and just so many great things mm -hmm. i 100 percent agree yeah can you share any final words and then where people can connect with you or work with you? Yeah, I, one of the biggest piece of advice is though we live in a world that doesn't necessarily support females body education as much, this is the honesty and advocacy is truly on us to try to become body literate and understand our body, but there's truly no better gift or the dividends that we can give ourselves and the better gift that we can give ourselves than really understanding what makes us thrive. I think so many women live in a bit of confusion and overwhelm what's really happening with their bodies. And I do think the big part of it is just not understanding their bodies. So if you're somebody that hasn't been tracking their menstrual cycle, truly, truly start doing it. It's such a small habit with such a big returns and it'll really allow you to um, support your body in the best way possible amazing and yeah as far as how to find me i'm dinara.muKh and i'm this way on instagram and i'm also the same way on tiktok linkedin and all the other platforms that exist <laughs> well we'll put all the links in the show notes and thank you so much for coming on the show dinara 
Yeah, absolutely. I will offer one more thing if I if people are interested. I have a free hormone imbalance quiz where I, it's purely symptomatic. But if you are experiencing certain symptoms and you kind of want to understand what thing can be driving it, so you can understand it, you can head to the link in my bio. We can drop it in the show notes, and you can always see. Just kind of give you a bit of a a bit of a guidance as to what, which direction to go. Okay. Yeah, we'll put that in there too. Thank you so Thank much. You. Thank you for tuning in to the Natural Health Rising podcast. I hope you found this episode informative and left you feeling empowered to take control of your health naturally. As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any illness or medical condition. Please consult with a qualified healthcare professional before making any changes to your diet, exercise routine, supplements, or medical treatment. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Comments and ratings help the show reach more people so that they too can level up their health and entire life holistically. I really appreciate your support and feedback. Before I go, I want to remind you that I work with clients virtually all over the world. So if you are searching for a functional medicine provider to help you uncover the root cause of your health issues, and have support and guidance in healing your body through nutrition and lifestyle changes, then you can book a free health consultation with me by using the link in the show notes, and we can talk about working together. Thanks for listening and keep striving to become your healthiest, happiest self.